Welcome, Pod. Welcome back in to another edition of TCM Pod. We appreciate you guys joining us here coming off of what was a uh, very entertaining Thursday night football game as the Saints took on the Rams there in L.A. We got to see a quarterback we spoke a lot about last week, Spencer. I guess we should say two weeks ago. I did take last week off, as did you, with our schedules. But we did talk about Derek Carr and the fact that he's been a letdown. We saw more or less of that uh, last night, I should say Thursday night, as the Saints played on the road against the Rams. Now, I felt as if the Rams kind of let go of the uh, the gas pedal, if you will, there late down the stretch and let the Saints get back into that game. The Saints did play pretty decent when they needed to in crunch time, but ultimately there was no hunger, no drive there for a team that was in the race. They're still in the race for the NFC South Division. So I was a bit shocked to see that lack of emphasis and umph, if you will, from the Saints on Thursday night against the Rams. The Rams team that... Yeah, they're talented. They're hitting the right stride at the right time, but a team that you know struggled early on this season. Yeah, we've seen this before with the Saints. Uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Detroit Lions, they were down 21 to zero, I believe, in the first quarter with eight minutes left. So they're a team that does not start off fast. They get behind the eight ball very early. Um, Carr gets him close to back in it, and then just like what happened last night, he throws an interception. Whenever they're within two touchdowns in the third quarter. And that's basically it. Obviously, the final score was 30 to 22. But again, the Saints scored with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the game to make it an eight-point game. And the Rams, all they had to do was control the clock, control their first downs if they could get them. And the Saints really didn't put up that much of a fight. So I know the Rams are a good team and whatnot, but the the New Orleans Saints, I think, you kind of expected more out of them last night. An eight-point loss felt like a lot more um, just with how that game went. And all the fourth and five uh, that they went all the times they went for it on fourth and five in the Rams part of the field and they just didn't get it. And again, as soon as they turned that ball over, the Saints or the Rams went down the field almost immediately with Matthew Stafford and scored touchdowns. And again, Puka Nakua is an absolute beast. He may break the rookie receiving record in terms of receptions and yards. If he can just get a couple more catches in the next two games and 123 more yards, he will hold the the record that Jamar Chase set a couple of years back. So He's very good. The Rams are very good, but kind of expected that game to be within three or four points um, for New Orleans. And again, uh, the NFC South right now, if the Buccaneers can win on Sunday, uh, that, that would be huge for them. And they'd be up in the in the, in the division by, by a full game, regardless of what Atlanta does, because I think Atlanta is obviously dead to right with all the stuff that's coming out about them and Arthur Smith and how they're the worst offense in the NFL. I think that, they're, that Arthur Smith's fate is already set in stone, but again, it's a two-team race right now in the NFC South between the Bucks and the Saints, and I don't think either one of these teams want to be a wild-card team. So they're both going for the division, and uh, right now the Bucks are in a good spot, especially if they can win on Sunday. Yeah, and we're definitely going to segue there into the NFC South and what a, uh, you know, you fill in the blank, a blank show was, starts with an S, ends with a T. The NFC South division has been so far this year, but Puka Nakua, earlier in the season, Spence, right here on this very podcast, every time that you would mention his name, because you did give him credit before I did, no doubt. I would say, who? You know, joking, like, who's Puka Nakua? You know, well, this guy, I mean, you look at his numbers and you kind of just hit on it. This guy has had uh, the most games in a season with 150-plus receiving, or I should say scrimmage yards by a rookie in the Super Bowl era. Puka Nakua has four of those, 150 or more scrimmage yards by a rookie wide receiver four different times this season. Randy Moss had three in 1998, most recently Jamar Chase in 2021 so Puka Nakua he's good he's a fifth round draft pick um the guy is is incredible he's fun to watch he's a go-getter he's hungry 
almost the way he goes to go, I don't know if I want to say pinpoint the ball, but last night in that game against the Saints, there's a play in which he slid down and caught the ball, and it looked like a play that only a receiver such as Edelman would make or um, a guy like that, a Wes Welker, would make in crunch time, as we saw in that 28-3 comeback win for the Patriots over the Falcons a few years ago. That was an incredible sliding grab, and I got to say, Puka Nakua, he is a legitimate threat there in the NFL, a serious threat there with the Rams, and he's only going to help out Matthew Stafford. And And it sounds crazy, but the Rams are playing their best football at just the right time. I was watching the postgame show on Amazon Prime from Thursday night, and uh, you know that's what they did the year they won the Super Bowl in 2021. They started off a little bit slow and down the stretch. Again, granted, they did have a very – a bolsterous roster back then. Now they have a young and hungry roster with some experience. Aaron Donald, of course, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, to name a few. But that team, they kind of scare me. That's a team where I think they could pull off an upset in the playoffs. I don't think that they're a team that goes all the way or makes it to the NFC Championship game. But I could see that team pulling off an upset, and you think, wow, that team just put out the Eagles. How the hell did that just happen? Or how the hell did they just knock off the Dallas Cowboys? Would not be shocked to see that. Now, another team, we had Mike Florio on the Ronnie and T-Crash show earlier this week at 95.3 WDAE here in Tampa, Florida. He told us that he feels as if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an actual threat come playoff time, that they're not just, just going to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. He believes that they could win a playoff game or two under Baker Mayfield, who's playing like his hair's on fire. Um, he's playing extremely well. Had a perfect passer rating on the road in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. What first time ever, Spence, last week against the Packers? First time that's ever been done by any quarterback in NFL history against the Packers there at Lambeau. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has the it factor. He's got the clutch factor. The Bucs could have one or two. They should at least have one more win this season. That Texans loss is one that you always go back and look at as Baker Mayfield drove that team 75 yards down the field, left 29 seconds left for the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and the Bucs defense collapsed and I mean, they gave up 39 points in that game. The Bucs scored 37. So that was a tough one for the Bucs. But again, Baker Mayfield time and time again, just two weeks ago versus the Atlanta Falcons, that touchdown drive with just 30 seconds or 20 seconds left in that one. I mean, this guy has the clutch factor. and It's going to come down to defense. I think he's playing such great football. And we keep going back to how much he's getting paid this year. It's $4 million. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And by the end of the season, he's going to be a top 10 if he makes the playoffs, which, which I do believe the Buccaneers will do. Still three games left. He's got 25 total touchdowns. I think he's going to end up with 30 total at least. Probably one or two more interceptions on the year. But again, that is an incredible season for a guy that you're paying $4 million. And if the Bucs make the playoffs, even if they're first rounded, as long as they put up a fight, I think that this team likes Baker Mayfield enough. I know that the GM likes Baker Mayfield enough uh, to maybe make him the franchise quarterback. And right now, I don't even know if you could be upset with that because the way that he's meshing with Dave Canales, um, you, you've probably seen it on Twitter through the breakdowns of former quarterbacks and former offensive coordinators that are on Twitter that break these things down. But again, I mean, th these two guys are meshing perfectly. That game versus the Packers last week looked incredible. Uh, it's going to be another tough task versus Jacksonville this week. But if they can continue to do this, if they can win two more games to end the regular season and this offense looks as good as it's looked the past three weeks, um, I think Baker Mayfield will be the quarterback in Tampa next season, or he's going to get a hefty paycheck somewhere else. And I think he's going to go with more of the hometown discount. Um, I, I believe he does like Tampa Bay. If the Buccaneers can keep Mike Evans, which is going to be a lot easier to do now that you know you don't want Devin White next year, even though for some reason Todd Bowles is uh, refusing to put Devin White 
out of his misery and just let him let him rot away on the bench for the rest of the season. He won't do that. But again, a lot of money will be allocated to three guys next year. Baker Mayfield uh, is going to be one of them. I think I believe you franchise tag probably Antoine Winfield. Yep. You re-sign uh, Mike Evans. You re-sign Baker Mayfield, and you give. Tristan Wirfs a little bit of a of a better contract because he is one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. So that's something the Buccaneers can do next year. And if you win one game in the playoffs this season, I think Todd Bowles is back, and I think uh, Dave Canales is showing that he can be a very good offensive coordinator. Yeah, no question about it. Again, saw a lot of progress over the last couple of weeks in particular, and on the road against the Packers in Green Bay from Dave Canales' first-year play caller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is a guy who hasn't called plays at any level since 2004 at the high school level. That's the last time this guy has called plays. So, you know, I know that it's, it's you know, written in stone that he wasn't the first option. He wasn't even the fifth option to be the OC for the Buccaneers. But he was truly the only option that took the job. And he was young and hungry, so it worked out. Um, and it took a few weeks for the Buccaneers to finally mesh. And I wouldn't say they have a, a great or even good running game, but they have a sustainable rushing attack now. And they finally utilized the ability of Rashad White out of the backfield as a pass catcher. This guy's phenomenal. He's making guys miss left and right. And earlier this week, you know, I was talking to some guys at, uh, at the radio station here in Tampa, and I asked them during Would You Rather, would you rather right here, right now, have this year's Baker Mayfield in this current offense or last year's Tom Brady in this current offense? What would you say, Spence, and why? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield because I don't think this offense works around Tom Brady um, a lot of the big plays that we've seen this year is Baker Mayfield rolling around in the pocket, making a couple of guys miss. And I, I obviously Brady could do that even just two years ago. He was doing that in 2021. He looked very mobile last year, though. You could tell he lost something in terms of pocket presence. He was getting sacked a lot more than usual. He couldn't step up as quick. I think Baker Mayfield is the guy um, for this offense, regardless of if Brady would have came back. I think that right now, if you were to if you were to have 2020 hindsight, um, back in in what August of last year, and you're like, do you want Baker Mayfield or Tom Brady in the Dave Canales offense? Obviously, a lot of people would want Tom Brady before the season, but looking at what Baker Mayfield has done, 25 total touchdowns, I believe eight or nine interceptions this season. You take that every single day of the week over what we got out of Brady last year, and obviously comes down to focus with Brady, was not completely in the game, had probably his worst season since 2019, but again, I think Baker Mayfield would be the guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm excited to see what happens here with Baker Mayfield as we look ahead to next season. Now, he is struggling a bit at home in comparison to when he plays on the road. So a huge game here on Sunday. That is something to watch out for. I love the underdog mentality. I also agree. I would take Baker Mayfield as well because of that underdog mentality, that something to prove mentality. And not saying that Tom Brady didn't feel like he had something to prove, but we all know he won seven Super Bowl rings. He was an MVP of the league several times. I mean, that's a guy who... You know, I just think that Baker's drive at this point in his career is a little bit different than Tom's was. And that sounds unbelievable, but Baker is playing for his future. He's playing for his career. Whereas Tom Brady, even on a subpar year last year, which I loved, I thought he was still a good quarterback at his age of 45. Um, you, you know, you knew what you had with Tom Brady. He knew that anywhere he went, he was going to be the starting quarterback. Now, Baker Mayfield trying to look ahead. He knows where he's at. He's bounced around from team to team. And I agree with you. I think that he will resign with the Buccaneers should they offer him a sustainable contract to take care of his uh, wife, Emily, and of course their soon-to-be newborn baby as well here with the Mayfield family. So I think that's the right call anyhow because he's playing his best ball of his career since, what? when was it that the Browns won their first playoff game in forever? 2019, I believe it was. Yeah, his best um, his best season since 2020. He was very good in 2020 with the Browns. 
Uh, I believe that's whenever they won the playoff game and he ended the season with a near 30 touchdowns total. So that was his best year. This is his best year since then. And again, 2021 injured, trying to play on the torn labrum. Uh, 2022 started with the Carolina Panthers. And I don't think anybody could, could, could get away from what Carolina has been for the last couple of years. Even if you're a good quarterback, you just cannot play well there because the team's terrible. You've got bad coaching around you for most of the part. Um, last year it was Matt Rule. This year they've already fired their their head coach again. So <laughs> it's been tough for Carolina, and I don't think that you can really judge Bryce Young um, yet based on that either. And again, Baker Mayfield didn't look good last season. He was benched for Sam Darnold, but they weren't as bad as they were with Baker Mayfield as they are this year with Bryce Young. So you look back at Baker Mayfield with the, with the Rams last year, he looked pretty good, and that's what landed him a big contract or, or just a contract, not a big contract with the Buccaneers. Yeah. And uh, I think next year is going to be a hefty payday for him. And rightfully so with what he's, uh, he's, he's definitely dealt with some adversity over the last two years, um, getting cut by the Browns, kind of just being laid out to waste for no reason uh, with the new coaching staff. And then you go to the Panthers, you have a terrible coaching staff, you go to the Rams, you play good. And now you're lighting it up with the Buccaneers and he's got a chance at the playoffs and a chance at another playoff win here in 2023. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, I, I think that this is a show for the people. We want to hear from you guys, whether you're just a general NFL fan, a Buccaneer fan, whatever it is, comment down below in the comments on YouTube at TCM Pod if you guys are watching it there. Also, tweet us at L Savage Spence and as well as the Chris Mathis on Twitter. And we'll get back to you guys. Also, follow us on social media at TCM underscore pod. We do I like to share our thoughts there and we continue to talk about things throughout the week. We do a good job of you know, watching as many games as possible, including Thursday night's Rams versus Saints game. And without further ado, that transitions us here into the rest of this weekend's games. We've got a lot to get into here, Spence, starting off with Saturday's games. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. The Steelers are three-point home underdogs on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati. I don't think that firing... Uh, the offensive coordinator Canada was gonna was was gonna bring anything regardless, but I didn't think it, they were going to regress somehow. Um, they've been running the same plays. They look even worse. I don't know if they're gonna have their starting quarterback this game, Kenny Pickett. Um, I don't think it would matter regardless. I think Mason Rudolph might be the guy this week with how bad Mitch Trubisky has played. I think this team's dead to rights. I think this is the year Tomlin doesn't make it over five hundred. I think this is the year Mike Tomlin might get fired as the uh, as the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm not going to take the Steelers in this game. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah, Tom, and this could be it. And especially the way he's handled the George, uh, I'm going to blank out his name. Pickens. Um, yes. The George Pickens situation, you know, it hasn't been too hot there either, but I'm going to go with the Bengals on the road. They're the three point favorite. I'll take that. Uh, Browning is playing out of his mind right now. Bengals are still uh, uh, somewhat, a respectable playoff team, even without Joe Burrow. That's how well they're playing right now. The Buffalo Bills take on the Chargers on the road. The Bills are 12 and a half point favorites there Saturday night at eight o'clock. Yeah, 12 and a half looks like a lot for a road team, but every single Chargers game um, ends up being the away team's home game. So give me the Buffalo Bills. I think that that stadium is going to be packed with 60% Buffalo fans compared to what we see of Chargers fans. And I'm going to take Buffalo by 10 points, not the 13 and a half. So the backdoor cover, which is what you always say. And I also agree with you there. I don't think that, it, you know, any team, unless they're playing, I, I don't even know. I don't even know if in today's NFL you're going to see too many 14-point differential games. So I will take the Bills to win, but the backdoor cover there with the Chargers. Now continuing into Sunday's game, Seahawks at Titans. Seattle, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite there 
and the Music City of Nashville. Yeah, I'll take Seattle regardless of who the quarterback is. I like Geno Smith. I think Drew Locke is serviceable enough. And Tennessee obviously had a had a weird victory against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, but give me the Seahawks uh, by more than three points in this game. Yeah, I'll go Seahawks by six, maybe even seven there on the road against the Titans. The Colts will take on the NFC South opponent and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are two and a half point home favorites there over the Colts. Really? Yeah, they're the favorites. Yep, Sunday. Ah, the Colts yeah. have won five of the last six games. They're five and one since week number nine. The Falcons, I think, have given up. I think uh, Heineke is not that much of an upgrade over Desmond Ritter, and I don't think that they're going to play uh, very good after losing nine to six to the Carolina Panthers. I don't care what the weather was. I don't care where you're playing. Losing to a one and twelve Carolina team, I think, puts an end to your season most of the time. So give me the Colts, who are on a streak right now. Um, I don't know what I'm missing with the uh, with why the Falcons are the favorites in that game, but give me Indianapolis by more than three points. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts on the road too, even though the Falcons are in must-win now mode. And I think that you'll see Falcon players, if they love Arthur Smith, you'll see them play really hard and they'll pull off a win. But I'm not sure if this team really believes in Smith. And uh, with that, I'm going to take the Colts to win on the road. The Cleveland Browns, yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson's current team, I know he's not playing. They are three-point favorites on the road against Deshaun Watson's former team, the Houston Texans there in Houston. Yeah, I don't know if C.J. Stroud's playing, and if he misses another game out of these last three, I think Puka Nakua is going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, which I believe he should, maybe even the Rookie of the Year with how great he's been playing this season. But again, I'm not going to take that squad. Give me, give me whoever Houston's playing up against. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans at home. Um, there, I'm. I, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to pull off a, an upset. I'm going to take Houston Texans there at home. And this one, Green Bay Packers at Carolina Panthers. Packers come off a loss to the Buccaneers there at Lambeau Field. The Panthers come off of a win over the Atlanta Falcons. The Packers five point road favorites. Yeah, the Packers are still somewhat in it. Um, I still believe Jordan Love's a pretty good quarterback. It's their defense that is a, is a major issue for them, and I don't think that's going to be an issue versus the Carolina Panthers. So give me Green Bay in that game by over a touchdown. I'm also going to take Green Bay in this game uh, over the Panthers there in Charlotte. Sorry, Steven, I do apologize for that, but yeah, the team's not very good right now. Washington Commanders at the New York Jets. Jets three-point favorites at home over the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I'm not sure if, if Zach Wilson's going to play in that game. I don't really think it would matter. I'm going to go with Sam Howell and the Commanders. I think they have more to play for at this point in the season. Do the Jets really even want to win? I think Robert Sala is guaranteed at least one more season in New York with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett may not be in that same parade. It's going to come down to Rodgers really lobbying for his offensive coordinator with how bad they've looked this year. But I'm going to go with the Jets losing this game to the Commanders by probably exactly three points. I like that pick too. I think the Commanders, they even though they're struggling right now, I do like their quarterback situation much better than uh, the Jets' quarterback situation. And I also really like Ron Rivera, even though he's having a tough stretch. I mean, he's on the downhill of his coaching career. He's probably done after this year. I still really like Ron Rivera a lot. The Detroit Lions take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions, three-point road favorites there against Minnesota on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit. Obviously, they've still got to win a couple of more games if they want to get a home playoff game in the the thing that I've been seeing recently is that a home playoff game could be the Detroit Lions in round one versus the Rams. And it could be Matthew Stafford's home coming back to Detroit. I think that'd be an amazing game because Detroit hasn't hosted a playoff game in, in a long time. 
Um, they don't usually make the playoffs. I believe the last time was 2016 that they made the playoffs. So I'm going to take Detroit to continue to win this season. I think they're going to at least win two of their last three games just to guarantee that they have um, that division locked up and a home playoff game against Matthew Stafford. And I do believe that if that is the case, we may see Matthew Stafford go into town and just rip out the souls of Detroit Lion fans once more. But give me the Lions in that game. That would, you know what? That would be incredible. I agree with you on the Detroit Lions in this one against Minnesota on the road. Give me the Lions to win this one. Give me the Lions to win with the spread by more than three points. The era, oh, actually, let's get before the 425 kickoff game. We got the Buccaneers Christmas Eve kickoff game as they'll host the Jacksonville Jaguars. As of right now, the Bucks three point favorites. Now, two days ago, the Bucks were just one point favorites at home. Now they're three point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars here on Sunday. Yeah, there's been a lot of news that Trevor Lawrence might miss this game. He's in the concussion protocol still. It is Friday. Um, whenever you guys should be hearing this podcast, maybe Saturday morning if you're listening on the weekend. But again, as of right now, um, Ian Rappaport tweeted out a couple hours ago that it's trending that Trevor Lawrence will not be starting in this game. He he will be um, sidelined with a concussion, and I think that would bode well for the Bucks. C.J. Berthard would be the Jaguars' starting quarterback in a must-win game for Tampa Bay, in my opinion. I still do believe you need to win this game. And you need to win against Carolina in week number 18. I don't think the Saints game is going to matter that much if you can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. So a big game for Tampa Bay. I'm going to be at this game. So give me the Bucks by 100. Nice. Yeah, Bucks by 100 there. Uh, I'm very excited for that to happen. Definitely will pop down and say hi to you guys. As uh, my family, obviously you, mom, dad, your girlfriend, Nia, everybody's coming down. So super excited for that. Um, and I will definitely drop down and say hello. Go Bucks, baby. Let's do it. Uh, but you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to take the Bucks to win as of right now. However, I would much rather play Trevor Lawrence. The guy is not playing good football this year. He's banged up. He's not looking good. He's not on point with his uh, receivers just yet. I don't know why. It looks like his sophomore slump came a year late. I'm a little bit more worried with CJ at quarterback for the Jags than if it were Trevor Lawrence. There's so much film on Trevor this year. You know how to defend him. Whereas... We know how Buccaneer players are. That defense, the secondary is with quarterbacks that you don't have a lot of film on, and CJ is a prime example of that. So I am a little bit worried, and I would rather play Trevor Lawrence than the Jaguars. Also, it looks better, and it builds your morale even higher, confidence more if you beat the Jags at full strength. But I will take the Buccaneers here. Sounds crazy, but to win this game, Christmas Eve, gift everybody a Christmas present. The Arizona Cardinals take on the Bears in Chicago. The Bears, four-point favorites in Chi-Town. Yeah, I like what I've seen out of Justin Fields. I think he's playing to be traded away at the end of the season. He may end up being the Falcons quarterback next year. I still don't think he's going to be a top 15 guy next year. I still don't believe that his release is very good. I, I think he takes too long to make reads. Obviously, he's a good runner at quarterback. But again, he's playing for his future right now. I think the Cardinals are playing for next season at this point, even with Kyler Murray at quarterback. So give me the Bears in that one by four and a half points or more. I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Cardinals on the road. I think that Justin Fields maybe has an off day. He's looked too good over the last three weeks, even with him taking too long to get rid of the football. I think he finally comes back down to reality, or we see a little bit of the early season flashes from him. Give me the Cardinals on the road. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Miami Dolphins there in Miami. The, the Dolphins one-point favorites here over the Cowboys. Yeah, that's going to be a very good game. And Dallas with a, a very – I don't yeah. think it will be. I don't know. I think Dallas with a very bad loss last week. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, but I'm still going to take Miami in this game. I like what I've seen out of Tua this year. Mm. I like what I've seen out of Raheem Mostert and their head coach, Big Daniel. I really like a lot. So give me the Miami Dolphins over the uh, Dak Prescott-led Cowboys. I'm going to take Miami in this one 
I believe they're going to win by seven points. I, I don't think it's going to be any further away than that. I'm still not sold on either of these two teams to be a serious Super Bowl contender. However, we do know that the Miami Dolphins struggle against teams with winning records. And as you said, Dallas coming off of a loss, in addition to the fact that they're well above 500, they're 10-4. and four. I'm taking the Cowboys on the road to win this game over the Dolphins there in South Beach. The New England Patriots take on the Denver Broncos. Primetime Sunday night football. The Broncos, seven-point home favorites there over Bill Belichick's crew. Yeah, no one's going to be watching that game. Uh, I think all the kids will be in bed waiting for Santa Claus. All the parents are going to be downstairs drinking vodka, getting ready, wrapping presents and stuff. And I'm not going to take the Patriots in this game. I'm very surprised to see that this game wasn't flexed before the uh, window closed for the opportunity to do so because now we're stuck with an 8-15 terrible game between a, a team that is basically done. They've given up on the season. They've given up on Bill Belichick and a team in the Denver Broncos who I think is going to run away with this victory and get very close in that AFC West race and maybe even sneak into a playoff spot this season. Uh, So a huge game for the Broncos, another unimportant game for the Patriots who are tanking for next season. Give me Denver in this game by over 10 points. I'm going to go with the Broncos as well there. I think Bill's on his way out for sure. The Patriot players are pretty much done. Nothing to play for there. Uh, Lightning round now as we continue with our picks for this week's NFL games. Final three games, all Monday night trifecta. Let's roll right through this. Chiefs against Raiders and Kansas City. Chiefs, 10-point favorites. Yeah, this is this is a Christmas Day, right? That is correct. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, with what's been happening to the Chiefs recently, give me the Raiders in this game uh, to really derail that Chiefs season and give the Broncos Ooh. a tie for the AFC West share of first place. Hey, you know that the Raiders are playing hard. We also know Max Crosby absolutely despises Patrick Mahomes. He's going to fling them around as much as he possibly can. I am going to take the Raiders to lose this game, give you the Chiefs, but I don't think the Raiders will lose by 10 points or more. I think that the Raiders will back to recover this one. Giants at Eagles, Eagles 13.5 point favorites there in Philly. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to take the Eagles in this game. Uh, with how bad they've been playing recently, they've been playing terrible in December. Uh, give yeah. me a game in which they beat up on a, uh, another opponent. I don't think by 13, though. It's always, it's, it's always tough whenever you're looking at in-division. So give me the the Eagles in this game by more than a touchdown, but not more than two touchdowns. You know what? I think the Eagles get a get-right game, and this is one of those games I barely will pick with the spread to win by two touchdowns or more, but I'm going to do so. Eagles win by 14-plus there. Monday Night Football on Christmas. Final game, and then we got a big question for you, our audience, and of course for you too, Spence. Ravens at 49ers, San Francisco, a five-point favorite over Lamar Jackson's crew. All right, so we get at least one good Christmas game. Give me the 49ers in this game. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, give me the Ravens. I I have Lamar Jackson at at quarterback in fantasy in a must-win game versus Austin Petit. So give me the Ravens. Give me Lamar Jackson to go over 40 fantasy points in a game where the 49ers defense reverts back to week five in which they had that terrible stretch. Give me the Baltimore Ravens by seven points with Lamar Jackson's best performance of the season coming on Monday on Christmas. Well, you know what? I'm proud of the way that you've handled your uh, fantasy football league for the first time in your adulthood life at the age of 22. You finally kept up with your starting lineup. I've been monitoring that as your big brother. Like, man, hopefully he's trying because there is some money on the line. I'm also still afloat. I got one of the hemp pills uh, this week I'm taking on. Forget which one. Uh, Either way, they're they're going down either way. Who was that? Cannon him, though. Cannon is going down for sure. Write that down. I know he just uh, announced that he's having a baby girl with his uh, wife, but he is going down here. Uh, I figured that would be a great 
present for you and the wifey. All jokes aside, I am taking you down. Uh, Ravens, give me the Ravens on the road over the 49ers to win this game. I'm going to go right, right here right now. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league this year, and the Ravens win it all. I'm not a big believer in Lamar Jackson, but this year, finally see him healthy into the end of December. You never see that. He's playing great football, taking care of the football, has the best passer rating outside of the pocket in the NFL, over 92 He's doing a great job there. Give me the Ravens to win this game. Give me the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Lock it down. Bet on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP this year as well. And then finally, Spence, top three Christmas movies for you. And go in order. In order. I need your top three. And you guys can weigh in below in the comments too. Um, number one, I'm going to go with Elf. Number two, I'm going to go with Home Alone 1 over Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2 has, um, for some reason, sad vibes to it, as Home Alone 1 does not. Sad? And what is the third that? one. Oh, the pigeon lady. The third one will be Santa Claus one. I think those three are staples each year for Christmas. And you know what? I, I maybe would swap one of those with uh, with the Polar Express, but I haven't watched the Polar Express this Ooh. year. So give me the Polar Express over Ooh. Santa Claus one. Oh man, you are you wild, dude! Polar Santa, Santa Claus one is basically just a movie about divorced parents, and then all of a sudden Scott Calvin becomes Santa Claus, and his kid finally likes him. So. Santa Claus, I don't think, has that great of a story. Yeah, um, if Scott Calvin didn't force Santa Claus to fall off the roof, I believe his son would hate him forever, and uh, they would not rekindle that relationship, and he'd lose custody of his child. And I think that movie obviously turns around with a little bit of magic that doesn't exist. So give me Home Alone, and give me the Polar Express and Elf as my top three. Man, you are absolutely insane. I do like the Polar Express once every five years, but if I watch that every year... I get sick of it really quick. And uh, I'm going to go with Home Alone 1 in order. Home Alone 1, Elf, Home Alone 2 in that order. I think Santa Claus 1 is right there, but that's my order. Write it down. Kevin McAllister. Ah, that's it for the uh, Christmas edition of TCM Pod. Thanks for following. Merry Christmas.